I'm Janet Roper, and you're listening to the Reawaken Right Relationship Podcast. Welcome to this place where we have conversations about creating, nurturing, and sustaining right relationship with all sentient beings. Thank you for listening to this podcast and a hearty dose of gratitude to those who have supported this podcast by making a financial contribution. I delight in providing this on-the-house offering to you, and it is made possible for me to continue to do so thanks to the voluntary support from listeners such as yourself. To become a sustaining member or to make a one-time contribution, you will find the link in the episode notes. Thank you so much for your support. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about words and the power of words. Have you ever given that any thought? You might have given it some thought when talking about humans and talking to humans and being conscious of the words that you use. But have you ever given it any thought when you are connecting with the beyond human sentient beings like the animals, the plants, the clouds, even um, systems or weather systems or computers. Have you ever thought about the power yeah, your words have? Because behind each word we speak, there's not only the definition of the word, there is the feeling that we have about the word, the emotional impact that that word has for us, which we project, and any kind of baggage we might have around that word that carries for us, we can't help but project it. So today we're talking about choosing words, what words to use, and how to be careful in the words that you use. And I got to tell you, I do have to agree with Emily Dickinson when she said, I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word. So I want to start off by sharing a true story with you. And this story definitely belongs in the realm of you can't make this stuff up. It really did happen. And this happened a few years ago when I was in Minnesota and I was working part-time at a small country store, a co-op. And at each springtime, they had the baby chicks and the geese for sale and the baby bunnies. And of course, those babies were the main attraction, enticing kids of all ages to come over and check them out and, you know, to do the oohs and the ahs over them and to lean over the tub. And the babies were in a relatively quiet area of the store. And the staff was really vigilant in watching the babies, giving them plenty of fresh food and water and bedding and taking care of them. And we had also put signs on the tub, making sure that none of the customers handled the babies. Well, um, the customers weren't supposed to be handling the babies, let's put it that way. But there were no signs posted for customers to watch their language around the babies. And now this is where it gets really interesting, folks, because I witnessed this and I was just amazed at how this conversation went on and how the baby chicks reacted to this. Again, in the category of you can't make this stuff up. So anyway, I was there at the store and I observed two adult customers standing over the babies and they were laughing and they were absorbed in their own conversation. And the first customer said, what would you do with these chicks? After all, they're not big enough to eat yet. And the second customer said, maybe they will all become Chick-fil-A and we can eat them then. Now, this is no joke. When those babies heard Chick-fil-A, 
They all turned as a group and they literally ran to the far side of the tub to get as far away from those customers as they could get. And so why was that? The customers were just joking, probably. But the truth is that words have power in them and images, which also contain power, are evoked from those words as our feelings. So even though the customers thought they were what they were saying wasn't just, the images, the feelings, and the power behind those words were enough to make those little babies literally run for their lives. So we are living at a time when it is we need to become more consciously aware of the power that our words, our feelings, and the images they project have on other sentient beings, on the non-human beings. We need to think of words and use words that um, project uh, images of kindness, uh, compassion, truth, and thoughtfulness. And it's time to eradicate joking and jesting at another's expense, regardless of the species. It's time to eradicate that from our vocabulary, because behind every joke and jest, there is some element of truth that is hidden. And just like humans, the non-sentient, excuse me, the the non-human, the sentient beings that are beyond human, they will pick up on those jokes, those jests, those pictures, those thoughts that we are projecting. So it is a time that we speak to all species with the compassion and the sensitivity and the honesty with which we want to be addressed. And it's time to eliminate from our languaging a vocabulary which causes babies of another species to literally turn around and run for their lives. Doesn't that make sense? I want to give you a heads up for this next segment that you're going to be hearing about the words pets and owners. And first of all, it's something that I recorded a couple of years ago. So the recording might sound kind of funky. And if it does, um, apologies for that. And second of all, I'm speaking specifically to animal communication um, in this upcoming segment. But by extension, the principles here are the same with all beyond human sentient beings. Hi there. I want to take a minute to touch base with you today and share with you a question that I am very often asked. And um, it's a really good question. Actually, it is quite a good question. And the question is about the languaging that I use when I connect with the animals. And when I talk about the animals, when I am in social media, or when I am in teaching, or when I am at an event, a live situation. And that question is, Janet, why don't you use the word pets? Or why don't you use the word owners? And that's true. I very seldom, very, very, very seldom will use those words. And the reason behind that is because with me, we're talking about animal communication. It's all about right relationship with the animals. And yes, with animal communication, I teach it, you know, I've been taught this, we all do this. We go to that quiet place, we quiet ourselves, we quiet our mind, and we connect with the animals. But before even doing that, we need to be in right relationship with the animals. Now think about it. If somebody comes up to you and talks to you and you don't know them from Adam, 
And um, they're just, they're asking you all these questions. And some of them can be quite personal questions. How would you feel about talking to them, answering those questions without really knowing that person? And it's the same thing with animal communication. And that's what I mean about being in right relationship. Before we start communicating with the animals, we need to develop a relationship that is relationship with instead of what I call power over with the humans up here and the animals down here. And one of the easiest ways or one of the most accessible ways, that's a better way of putting it, is to create that right relationship through the languaging that we use about the animals and our relationship with the animals. So, for instance, the word pets, that implies that they are captive, that the animals have no will of their own, that they are owned by us, that they at are at our disposal, and sometimes that is literally, and often figuratively too, but a lot of times it's literally. Um, if we're not in right relationship with that animal, we can just dispose of them. They can still be living in the house with us and we don't pay attention to them. So the word pet to me um, is one that it does not build equal relationship. It does not even start to begin equal relationship. When using the word pet, it comes from the human being power over the animal instead of in relationship with. And the same thing goes with the word owner. Owner is you own something, you own property, okay? Owning property means that that property, whatever it is, doesn't have a say in things. If we own the pets, that means that the animals don't have a say in what's going on. This can be conscious or unconscious. Oftentimes, particularly with the people that I work with, it's unconscious because I'm basically preaching to the choir when I'm talking to um, people about animal communication and right relationship. I'm talking to people who want that, okay? But even for those of us that want it, it's sometimes easy for us to fall in that languaging trap of using pets and owners, and sometimes we fall into that languaging trap by considering us pet parents, we humans pet parents, or considering the animals our fur kids, okay, or our kids. I understand where people are coming from when they say that because our language does not have the nuances to, um, to really explain and explore the relationship that is between humans and animals. So we have to fall back on the words that we use um, in relationship with human to human. So I understand where people are coming from when they will say, it's my fur kid, or I'm the pet parent. But I think that in building right relationship with the animals that we are called on, particularly at this time, in this day and time, we are called upon to move past that, to move past that old languaging and to start a new way of languaging what our relationship is with the animals. Now, next question is, how do you do that? And if it was as easy as it sounded, everybody would be, boom, doing it right now. And boom, everything would be hunky-dory. So, of course, when we are building relationship, whether it was, is with another human or with animals, the first place we start looking at is ourselves. How do I change myself? So I've got a suggestion or two here that you can use to start changing your relationship with the animals through the languaging. Okay, And the first thing is to be aware of the languaging that you use. To be aware of how you refer to the animals that are in your life, okay? Are they pets? Are you taking your pet for a walk? Um, 
And when you start noticing that you're using that word, and it might be hard at first because it's so into us to use that word. That word is just, the word pet is so into our lexicon and so into our essence and so into our systems that we use it without thinking about it. So the first thing that we need to do is think about and realize when we are using that word pet. So if you're one of those lucky people who um, is always conscious and cognizant of what you're saying and what you're meaning and everything, um, then it might be easier for you to be aware of when you're using the word pet or the word owner, okay? If you're like me and you, sometimes the words are out of your mouth before they're really formed, you know, and they're not quite complete yet, it might be helpful that if you have somebody who is of like mind, and that you can trust and who also is looking for a relationship with the animals instead of power over, um, to ask them for feedback. Hey, did you hear me use the word pet today? Hey, when was the last time that you heard me use the word owner? And just see what they've got to say. That builds up a conversation with that person too. The other thing to be aware of, or that really helps me, I should say, is that I will journal it down. I will write it down. For me personally, there is something very affirmative and very forming um, when I start writing things down. And I don't usually do it on keyboard, even though I am a geek and I love being on keyboard. When I am looking to change habits, I write them down, pen, and usually it's the back of an envelope because that's the handiest thing that I've got. Or if you've got a journal, you can start journaling that. So in building right relationship with the animals in your life. I invite you to look at the languaging that you use, become aware of the languaging that you use, and to change that languaging as you can. If you need help with that, just let me know. You can find me at JanetRoper.com. You can also find me on Facebook. And um, just remember, as you're rebuilding your relationship, renewing your relationship with the animals, discovering a new way of being in relationship with the animals, in right relationship with the animals. You're not by yourself. There's a lot of us who are doing it at this time. So thank you. Got any questions? Let me know. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's always room for improvement when we are communicating with others, whether it's humans or whether it's non-human sentient beings. The words that we use, the way we talk, our tone of voice, all play a big part in how clearly and respectfully we are communicating. So this begins with, I'm going to say it, folks, you know I'm going to say it. This begins with respect and right relationship for all species. We must first have clear communication, and that starts with ourselves, not with the other person or species. And gosh darn it, wouldn't it be so much easier if it just started with the other person? But that's not the way it happens. Clear communication starts with ourselves. So we need to take a look at ourselves, a deep, honest look at ourselves, um, of what we are saying and how we are saying it, and the impact that it is having on others, okay? Conscious awareness of what we are saying, it's an essential tool in communication. So I'm going to um, throw out some questions to you to help you become more aware of what you're saying. So the first question is, do you choose your words carefully? 
For instance, I was watching someone work with a dog one time. And um, this was not a client. This was at a dog park. And it just happened to be with my dogs. And she kept calling her dog stupid. And I I was not seeing anything that was um, reflective of the dog being stupid. As a matter of fact, I was seeing a very intelligent, um, sentient being up there that was playing with my dog. So I finally broke down and I asked her. And I said, why are you calling your dog stupid? And she goes, well, the dog is up there playing with other dogs. And that got me speechless, okay? So we really need to be aware of the words that we use and to also be aware that what we may interpret as one thing, perhaps as stupid, perhaps as helpless, perhaps as cloying, that that animal or that sentient being is communicating to us in the best way that they know how, which is usually pretty darn good, you got to say that. Um, And we are the ones who are not interpreting it correctly. So when it comes to interpretation, the responsibility falls on us, right? We also need to be aware of the tone of voice and what it's conveying. Be aware of your body language. And what is your body language conveying when you are with another sentient being? Stop and think, are there other words that are more accurate in what you are trying to convey than the words that you happen to be using? Now, this is one aspect of communication, which it just totally, it's wonderful for me to witness and to um, participate in. Because what I love about communication when we're doing like this is that it slows us down. And in that slowing down, we become more aware of what we're saying, the intent of what we're saying, and the impact of what we're saying. I also encourage you to be aware of how often you use the words must or should, because these words can be subtle forms or not so subtle forms of manipulation. So when you hear yourself using that word must or should, Boom, go back and, okay, how can I reword this? How can I say this differently? Slow down, think of how you can express this differently. I also want you to be aware of your predicted reactions and responses to certain words or topics. Are there certain words or topics that really hit that button for you and you're just going, ah, that's just bringing up old luggage. We need to be aware of that because in the words that we are conveying, that we are using with that um, that beyond human sentient being, we are projecting those images and those fears or those feelings that we have about those um, reactions and responses that we have to those topics. I'm going to ask you if you present your thoughts and opinions respectfully. Again, slow down, take the time to work out what you want to say, how you want to phrase it, what is the most respectful way that you can, at this moment in time, come up and convey this to another sentient being. And finally, do you speak with another sentient being in the manner which which you would like to be spoken to? That to me, that just 
That's just a wonderful question. Am I speaking in the way that I would like to be spoken to? That slows me down and it also helps me understand how to word what I'm saying, how to phrase what I'm saying so that it has a helpful impact on another sentient being and not as just a bunch of words strung together. So clear communication begins with each one of us, not the other sentient being. As we practice our articulation skills, we're going to become aware of speech habits and communication patterns. And in doing this, each one of us is going to forge new lines of understanding, and we're going to open up new avenues of right relationship of communication with all sentient beings. So I would love to hear how this goes for you. If you have the Anchor app, you can just go to the podcast page where you can leave me a message and tell me about your experience with this. Now, just a heads up on that. Um, the message on Anchor is limited to two minutes in length. So you're going to have to choose your words quickly um, or carefully, I should say, and um, to get in what you want to say in those two minutes. And if you have more to say, you can always email me at Janet at JanetRoper.com. And I wish you the best in this new experience of how to articulate and how to be in right relationship through words with other sentient beings. Do you love what you're hearing on this podcast? I sure hope so. And if you are loving it, I ask that you show support by liking it and leaving a comment or review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. You can also show your support by sharing it with your friends and family. And I so appreciate your help. Thank you. On next week's episode of the Reawaken Right Relationship Podcast, we are raising a sensitive and controversial subject, and I will be the first to admit it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Because there is a tendency, a hesitancy, to bring this topic up because of the strong emotions, the opinions, and frankly, the moral convictions which are attached to it. And so the reason we're doing so is... We want to open a door to conversation so that we can take advantage of opportunities for listening and for learning. And frankly, we need to be aware of our own triggers and sensitivities around this uncomfortable topic because not everything is what it initially appears to be. So I hope you will join me next week with guest Nicholas Haney as we will be talking about the ethics of animistic hunting. If you are enjoying this podcast and it has left you thirsting for more, I think you'll enjoy the podcast, Everyday Animism, that I co-host with two exceptional women, Kelly Harrow of SoulfulIntentArts.com and Brandis Schnabel of SoulfulFocus.com. In this podcast, we explore all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. You can find it here at Anchor or on your favorite podcast platform. The 20 plus years that I have spent writing, speaking, podcasting, and sharing what I know with you have all been to support your life and relationship with the animals and the other nature beings you love so dearly. I share what I know and intuit freely, a gift from my heart and spirit to you and the sentient beings of the world. It's a body of work grounded in love and infinite respect for all life, because we all do better when all creatures do better.
If you find my work helpful, if an article or a podcast has inspired or informed you or expanded possibilities in your world, a donation would be deeply appreciated as a way to show your support. You can make a payment of any amount at paypal.me backslash Janet Roper, or simply go to my website, www.janetroper.com, and at the top you will see a tab that says Make a Contribution, and you can make your contribution there. I thank you very much. Your contribution makes my work sustainable. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have enjoyed hearing this, remember to subscribe to the podcast on Anchor or iTunes. And if you would like to follow more of my work, please visit www.janetroper.com.